The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Speak to you in the name of the one living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today's gospel lesson opens with Jesus seemingly taking the apostles to task for their lack of faith. And then that morphs into a discussion about slaves and slave masters. Now, all this is a bit disconcerting, isn't it? It kind of is a head scratcher. And I have to tell you, When I began to prepare for today, I found it difficult. And so I had to do a lot of digging, a lot of pondering, but but with some work, I've arrived at a conclusion about today's gospel lesson that I'm comfortable with. I want to share that with you. Let's start with this cry by the apostles. Increase our faith. Why do they say this? Well, as so often is the case, context is key. You see, Jesus has just spent about two chapters with parables and uttering sayings that outline the duties, the responsibilities, if you will, of those who want to be his followers. These include things like going out of our way, even when it's inconvenient to assist someone in need, even if that someone is an enemy. It includes opening our hand to the poor and the needy among us and sharing out of our wealth and our possessions. It includes always putting God before wealth and possessions. And it includes forgiveness, forgiving those who do wrong to us, even if they do wrong to us over and over. It means forgiving that person or persons over and over. That last one, by the way, you may not have heard it because it was in the verses we skipped since last week. But the point is this, if we put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples who've been listening to these instructions for how to be apostles, you can see where they're thinking, whoa, 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 this is asking a whole lot, Jesus I mean, you're putting a lot on our shoulders. Now, Now we, it's going to take a, a ton of faith to do this. We want to follow these instructions. We want to do these things, but, but we're not capable of it. We don't have the faith, so increase our faith. And we see things in that context. We realize Jesus is not taking these apostles to task Instead, he's offering encouragement. 
What he's saying is, no, you've got it wrong. Look, if you've got the faith of just a tiny mustard seed, just that little bit of faith, you can do amazing things. Of course, he speaks in hyperbole as he often does. You can take that mulberry tree and put it in the sea. You've got the faith that's necessary to do these things. Okay, that sounds pretty good. That's, that's the first part of today's lesson. You begin to see it in a little bit different light. But what about this business with slaves and slave masters? <clears throat> well, first, we're getting to make this very clear. It would be simply wrong to interpret Jesus' words today as any kind of endorsement for slavery. Not at all. Instead, what Jesus is doing is something he typically does, and that is he uses an illustration that those who are listening to him can relate to. So often, for example, he uses agricultural illustrations because they lived in an agrarian society. And the truth, the unfortunate truth, but nevertheless the truth is, they also lived in a society in which slavery was common. Everybody was familiar with the institution of slavery. Everybody knew the rules, so to speak. Also this, it's important to know that the word that is translated as slave here, doulos is the Greek word, can easily be interpreted and sometimes actually is better translated as servant. The point here is Jesus takes the example of a relationship to make a point. And that relationship is the relationship between one who serves and one who is served. And Jesus used this, as, used this relationship to get to what I think is a universal condition among all of us. And that is this, this desire, this longing for reward. More specifically, Jesus is talking about this longing for reward in the situation where we are in the presence of a superior. Now, that superior could be a master. It could be an employer. It could be a teacher. It could be a coach and so on. But when we are in that relationship, don't we all want a reward from that superior? And most often, that reward we're looking for is simply recognition all of this reminds me of an event that occurred, sadly, almost 50 years ago. It was back in my basketball days in high school, and our basketball team was in preseason practice, and we were working on some agility drills. And we got finished with one of these drills, and the coach looked at the guy standing next to me, one of my close friends, Matt. He said, Matt, that was perfect. Well, quite frankly, I thought I'd done a pretty good job in that drill myself. <clears throat> and the, uh, the disappointment I felt must have shown on my 17-year-old face. And so then the coach looked at me, and he, uh, he listed the reasons that my footwork didn't quite uh, meet up to the standard. But the point is, of course, that I wanted, I longed for that recognition. I wanted that attaboy. And our desire for recognition among superiors is even enhanced when that superior can actually do something for us. Like that coach, for example, could reward me with more playing time. But this doesn't have to be the case. 
If I look at a superior, not through the, not through the lens of what can you do for me, but rather through the lens of gratitude, recognizing what that person has already done for me, then this desire for recognition, for reward dissipates, it evaporates. And the same is true in terms of our relationship with God. And this then begs the question, how do we view our relationship with God? Do we see it as a relationship of of inferior, superior, where we are trying to do things to please God so that we will get a reward, maybe the reward of heaven? Or do do we view that relationship through the lens of gratitude? This is what Jesus is getting to here. When he talks about the servant shouldn't expect an attaboy, shouldn't expect recognition for simply doing what the servant's job is, the same is true for you and me. He's saying, Jesus is, that look, when you do the things that are your responsibilities as my follower, the the things such as opening your hand to the poor, stopping and helping those in need, forgiving those who have done you wrong. That's what you're supposed to do. We shouldn't expect some kind of divine attaboy. But we really can't follow God's, excuse me, Jesus' admonition here if we again see our relationship with God as a, what can I do to get your reward? But it doesn't need to be the case. You see, we already have God's love. We already have God's forgiveness. We already have God's grace. And this love, this forgiveness, this grace, it is irrevocable. There is nothing we can do to lose it. And once we, once we see and understand that fact, once we embrace that fact, it then allows us to live a life of gratitude, gratitude for what God has already done for us. And when that happens, when we have a life of gratitude, then these tasks that I've outlined, that Jesus outlined for the apostles of, of helping those in need, of opening your hand to the poor, of forgiving Those become no longer tasks. They are simply the byproduct of a life of gratitude for God. It simply flows from who we are when we live that life of gratitude. And here's what's really cool. To get to that point, we go back to where we started. To get to that point, get that life of gratitude... All we need is just a tiny mustard seed worth of faith. That's all it takes. And the fact that you're sitting here today means you've got that mustard seed of faith, probably more. And so the point is, my friends, we can do this. We can do this. Amen.